Yeah, you've got to have direction. I have all my team, all the young guys especially, like the older guys, they know what they're doing, but the young team, they've got to have goals. They've got to have it written in front of them or they've got to have some pictures on the wall in front of them. So they're looking at it daily and then obviously how you're going to get there. Because if they don't have that, they've got nothing to work towards. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. For more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier for your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. And to get new episodes of Elevate directly to your inbox, sign up at eliteagent.com slash subscribe. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, it's Sam here. Today, my guest is a multi-award winning real estate agent with over 24 years of experience in the industry. He's the principal of LJ Hooker Casey, one of the top performing offices in the LJ Hooker network. Under his leadership and mentorship, the office has grown from just three agents to a thriving team of 38 real estate professionals, and he's helped scale the property management department from 200 properties to over 1,300 under management today. For his outstanding contributions as a business leader, community supporter, and industry mentor, he was recently presented, or last year he was presented, with the Sir Leslie Hooker Award, which is the highest honor within the LJ Hooker Network. So welcome to the show, John Dio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's fantastic to have you here, and you've had an impressive 24 years in real estate, I think, or 25 now, being 2024. What is it about real estate that keeps you passionate for such a long time? The thing with real estate is you're helping people with their dreams. So people say we sell homes and that's all we do, but it's the biggest dream that someone's ever going to buy. So seeing the, the happy faces of the vendors and the buyers and putting them together, you know, get something that suits their needs, keeps you going. And every day is different. You're dealing with different people, different scenarios, different problems. We're problem solvers. So we're solving the vendor's problem and the buyers are going to solve their problem. So it's putting everyone together, matching them up and doing what we have to do. Yeah, absolutely. Now you had an incredible year last year and we'll get onto the awards and things like that in a second. But as we kick off a new year, have you thought anything about New Year's resolutions or what goals you might have for 2024? Expanding the team is always a goal in sales and property management. So they're obviously the biggest ones, I suppose, that most owners would have and probably taking a little bit more time for myself. Yeah, that's one thing. I think we've all probably come back from holidays and thought, you know, I really need to spend some more time on myself. But the last few years have just been quite crazy, haven't they? Yeah, COVID's really changed everything the way we do it. And it's been, yeah, it's been some tough times. So I have to work extra hard, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So mentioning that your office has grown, you know, from three staff to I think nearly 38, 40 members now, I've kind of lost count a bit. But this is in a time where some real estate businesses are finding it hard to get good people. And, you know, we're still seeing margins being squeezed and all that sort of thing. What are some of the things that you focus on to ensure that the growth curve keeps going the right way? Being with the salespeople, it's training, mentoring them. Being with them, like I'm one of them, yes, I'm maybe the boss, might be the director, but we're a team. We work together. That's a big thing with in my office. Like I'm not the boss. I don't dictate to them what happens and what goes on. We work together on strategies, marketing plans and everything for the office. So I get them involved. Having them involved makes them feel important and they are very important. But we're one big team and one big happy family and we all help each other. 
Yeah. What do you look for when you're recruiting new people? Uh, Look, we're very fussy on who we hire. Culture in my office is probably the most important thing. Once you get that culture right, everything sort of flows and everyone's happy. A lot of it when you hire is a lot on gut field. Yes, we do tests and this and that and everything else that everyone else does. But it's a matter of having getting the right person to fit the culture that we've got in the office and making sure that they're not going to come in and poison everyone else. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Like, how do you actually tell whether someone is, you know, they're sitting, you're sitting in a recruitment interview or something like that, and you're both swapping stories. How do you tell whether they're going to be a fit in your office or not? Well, with myself, because I've been doing it for so long, a lot of it does go on my gut feel. If someone's got experience and they've worked in other places, I actually do make the phone call and get the recommendations and find out what's good and what's bad. But then I also ask my staff, before I hire anyone, I always ask my sales team, mainly in sales, property management's a little bit different, but in sales, I always ask the sales team, what do you know about this person? What have you heard? And I try and get all the goss that they know that they won't sort of tell me. And that works a treat. Like I was about to hire two, a couple of guys come to me about a month ago, wanted a job and just didn't fit our culture. And they're probably looking at writing between half a million to a million dollars, but it's not about the money. It's about making sure everyone's happy and having the right fit. That's the hard thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I think we've sort of unpacked that, you know, a few case studies from time to time on whether you keep a writer that's a big writer, even though they might not be the nicest person to deal with. And so you're basically saying, hire for culture, hire for fit. Yeah, that's the most important. I know one of our officers in Queensland sacked a million dollar writer just because they weren't right for culture. So if they can do that, I know that there are a lot more salespeople up there than we have, but the culture is the most important thing in our office. Yeah. And so let's talk about the award because when I hear the name Sir Leslie Hooker, I mean, it's just one of those names like the White family and so on that are synonymous with real estate. So it must give you goosebumps to win the award with his name on it. What did it mean to you and what does it represent to you? Definitely gave me goosebumps. The award's been around for 34 years and all of the winners have been interstate, Queensland, Sydney and the rest of the states. And a lot of them, they've got multiple offices, large sales teams, and they're the elite in our network. For myself to win it, I was very, very humble. I was, I was surprised that it was actually in Victoria because we've never seen it in Victoria. I mean, at our last awards night, they announced they were going to do that award. I thought, okay, here we go. I've got a chance. <laughs> and then, yeah, when they mentioned my name, I was so surprised. I had a tear in my eye. I was very humbled, very honoured that Christine and Steve gave me that award and the opportunity to represent LJ Hooker and, and going forward to keep doing what I'm doing. But it's the actual elite and pinnacle of LJ Hooker. So I was very honoured. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the award recognises community, like contribution to community, industry, mentorship. What are some of the things that you've enjoyed doing when it comes to community and giving back and that sort of thing? Like what are the key parts of your business around that? So with community, we do a lot of things with the school. So we donate a lot of money to schools and we try and help the kids as much as possible. We're in an area that's first time buyer market. So, you know, the average price is six, seven hundred thousand. And so we try and help the people that need it. And I think the kids are the ones that need as much help as we can give them. They're our future. So we donate money to them. They use it for all sorts of different things. We're linked to social clubs, sporting clubs, even the uh, the bowling club, which has got all the elderly. So we're even part of that. So we sort of donate where we can. A big thing I'm doing at the moment, a uh, big thing sorry, that we've just done with Christmas, just passed. I donate toys and some money to the local church. They do a Christmas lunch for people that need it. And last year I gave so many toys that I'm very grateful that the kids absolutely love that. 
because they might get it, they might not, but anything extra they, that they can get, I'm happy to give. We're fortunate we work hard, we earn a lot of money, so happy to give back to the community. I feel like that makes you a very busy man, actually. <laughs> it does. I do have a bit of help. I do have a few people in the office that do help me with it. But when it's giving back to the community, I think you've got to give as much as you can. Yeah, you can't take it when you're gone, so you might as well spend it while you're here. You know, that it's probably high on the list of some people listening to this is they're probably thinking right now, I want to do more with community this year. What would your advice be to people that are sort of thinking about, well, I want to do more with the community, but I don't know what I should be doing? What would be the first steps there? So I would speak to every school in your local neighbourhood or if someone's got an FMA, real estate agents know what that is. If any schools, any sporting clubs, any club that's in the local neighbourhood, it's good to go and speak to them all. It's not just about giving money to them and saying, here, here's two grand, here's five grand, here's 10 grand. It's about going there and being involved as well and actually showing your face and helping out if you can. I know we're all busy and we don't get to go to every event, but you always try and go there and show yourself. It's not about getting business back. Half this stuff I do, I don't advertise on social media. I don't believe it's about that. I know a lot of agents advertise everything. It doesn't matter what they do. But half this stuff, I don't tell people because it's not about that. It's about coming from your heart and putting smiles on people's faces. Yeah, but I do have help. I have a couple of people in the office that I lean on and say, come on, let's go do this, let's go do that. I can't do everything on And so the things that you do, are they things that you feel particularly passionate about, like the schools and things like that? Yes, definitely. Because every time we go there and we do something, the teachers, they're so appreciative. And even the kids, like, because we have kids, we've got families in the office and you go see and the kids are there and they say, oh, there's John. You know, and then they all start talking about it. We've taken the Alger Hooker Bear to a few events and they all talk about that. So that's really good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I, I mean, I've always enjoyed seeing the LJ Hooker Bear come out, but in yeah. winter usually. Like, <laughs> yeah, it gets hot in the costume. Well, the best advice I'd give to owners that are actually doing it or agents is if you're going to give, just make sure you're there. Make sure you're part of it and you show your face. It's not just about putting a board and hoping something will come back. It never does. You've got to be there. You've got to show your face and do a little bit of work. Yeah. And so let's talk about you've nurtured many top performers over the years in your career. What are some of the things that you are talking to your team about now as we drift into 2024? Because I'm sure on the minds of a lot of agents right now is either I smashed my goals in 2023 and I want to do better, or I didn't do as well as I wanted to do in 2023 and now I want to do better in 2024. Like if I was one of your team members, what would you be saying to me? First thing I sort of say is, okay, what are your goals for this year? And then with the sales guides, it's always about your database, your pipeline, what you've got coming up in the next two to three months. Knowing that it sort of can give you a good gauge of where you're going to start and where you're going to end up. And then obviously we talk about training and everything else that comes along with it. But the big thing is database. Talking to people on the database, a lot of agents have big databases and just let them sit there and never do anything. Yeah, The money's there, you just got to find it. Let's just say I am one of those agents. Like I'm sitting there and I'm going, I need more leads. But I'm sitting there with a database of 5,000 people, let's say, which is actually small comparatively compared to some of the databases I've heard about out there. 2024, you know, like for a while it was we were hearing about letterbox drops and flyers and social media. Moving into this year, what do you think are the key strategies for nurturing your database? The biggest thing that we see work is SMS. So in 23, we did emails, we did SMS. 
the open rate on SMS is you know, in between 95 to 100%. And you see a lot of people will respond, whether it's a no or a yes, but at least they'll respond. With emails, you're not getting the open rate, maybe 10%. So the biggest thing once a month, once every two months is the SMS going out to everybody. Is that just like a, an are you still looking for something or can we help you or... So the ones chasing, if we're chasing listings, obviously, you know, buyer demand, we talk about that. If we're doing hotspotting in an area, again, it's we've got buyers left or multiple, we've had multiple offers, but it's mainly about the growth of the market, what's happening, get an update. Health checks for our landlords, a lot of landlords don't do health checks on their valuations on the properties with their finance. So we're trying off everything. That's all super interesting. I don't know what it was like in your area in 2023 specifically because different markets all around the country, I mean, obviously, and there's many markets within markets, but what do you think the outlook is for your area next year? Are you heading into good times, growth times, interest rates going to impact? What do you think? Interest rates definitely impact where we are. Being a first-home buyer market, a couple of rises, you see the numbers slow down on the weekend. As soon as the interest rates stop and then you've got three or four months of no interest rate rises, the buyer confidence comes back and then we're busy as. I could probably, I'd say the next six months, we're probably going to be increasing slowly. I can't see it coming backwards, but who knows what the Reserve Bank will do. Yeah, that's sort of, uh, well, you know, it's not the million dollar question. It's the half a percent question or something like that. I mean, my mortgage went up more than I thought it would last year. So it's been tough out there for some people. Yep, very tough. So let's talk property management now. I mean, you help grow your rent roll from 200 properties up to, you know, more than a thousand. What do you think are some of the key drivers of being able to grow a rent roll in 2024? I'm having access to money and funds. Look, growing organically is good, but it's very slow. And we've got two BDMs that list properties every month. I'll do 30 every month, no dramas, but trying to go very quickly the only way to do it is to buy rent roll and then put the right structures in place to make sure everything, you keep them. And that's the big thing. We're changing the way that we're running the department. Traditional property management is a property manager does everything, maybe with a leasing consultant. They're always bogged down. They're out of the office for hours a day. They come back, they're signed under 100 emails. They can never catch up. They're always, and, and they're overworked. And during COVID, I think there was more property managers that left our industry than ever. So we've got teams of, you know, field teams, overseas teams providing the support required, which means having that all that support, property managers can go from looking after 150 properties up to 250 to 300 properties and even more. So when rent rolls come up to sale, which they do all the time, you just got to have the funds ready to go, but you've got to have those structures in the back end, which we now have. That's really interesting, you know, that you say that because a lot of the people I know in property management have actually sort of lost Properties to their, I mean, property management was in the spotlight all of last year, I feel like, between vacancy rates being tighter than Santa's schedule and changing legislation and pressure on fees and hard to find good people. What would your advice be to someone who is sitting there thinking, you know, like, how do I get out of this circle of, you know, well, it is hardship, actually, just thinking about Pam on itself? As a property manager or as an owner? As an owner. Look, as an owner, like we see property managers leave all the time and it's only because they're overworked. So they just got to get better structures. What we did as we were growing, we went and spoke to a couple of companies that had three to 6,000 rental properties. When you're at that level, they have to have the right systems in place. Otherwise, their businesses won't run. 
a lot of agencies will go and talk to people that are running five, six, seven hundred, and you're not going to learn anything from that. So we went to the top, spoke to them, and pretty much copied what they're doing and try and make it better. I mean, yeah, that's that's all you can do, really, is one step at a time. Okay, so let's talk about you for 2024. We talked about your goals at the top of the show. What are some of the things that you are top of mind for you right now that you think you've come back from a break and you go, right, I'm on this right now? More holidays. <laughs> so obviously growing the team in sales and trying to find a few more people. We've got a few offices, so looking for people in different spots. Property management, we're always looking at ways of growing other than buying as well. But I suppose the big one is time management. As an owner, you know, I'm first in, last out. We do a bit of everything. I mean, I'm a working director, so I list and sell. I'm a lot of directors won't, but I love being on the tools. I believe you got to lead by example. I can't ask my sales guys to list five to 10 properties each per month if I'm not doing it. So I have a goal to list about 10 properties every month, but as well as doing everything else I'm doing. And then I actually go to my opens as well because my owners want me there. But my biggest goal would be staff growth is the big one and probably more time for myself. They're my goals. And my consistent goal is 10 every month. I've got to get 10 listings every month. Yeah. I love that, that you set that goal for yourself as well. Like some people don't set goals for themselves. It's just whatever comes along. Yeah. You've got to have direction. I have all my team, all the young guys, especially like the older guys, they know what they're doing, but the young team, they've got to have goals. They've got to have it written in front of them or they've got to have some pictures on the wall in front of them. So they're looking at it daily. And then obviously how are you going to get there? Because if they don't have that, they've got nothing to work towards. So that's the first thing. And that's the first thing we learn when we do training, when you first start as real estate agents. But a lot of guys just don't do it. Yeah. So you think get the old dream board out. Yes, definitely. It is the best way to do it. And as you get there, you take it. One of my guys yesterday, he's just started in real estate. He's been there probably six months. And his goal was to have six properties by the end of the year. He's at number five and he goes, I've got one more left, I've got two weeks to get one. So we were working out a plan on how he was going to get that. So it definitely works. It definitely motivates them. Another one of my guys had a car, house, investment, and he's hit all of it. So he's got to redo his. So it's definitely good to have. Yeah, I think that maybe that's what I need to do for this year as well. It was a stage where I used to keep my goals in my pocket and look at them every day. But yeah, now obviously you have them on the wall. Yeah, amazing. The other thing that stood out to me about 2023 is technology. 2023 was a year of, you know, we got chat GPT and other tools that came with it. How do you feel about technology in real estate moving into 2024? And what sort of things are you looking at to use for productivity or otherwise? So I love technology. We try and be paperless. My office is full of paper, but a lot of my team are paperless, which is fantastic. There is a lot of technology out there. It does cost a lot of money. I think as owners, every day, every week, we get people coming here. You've got to have this, you've got to have that. So you've got to look at what you're spending and what's worth it. We try and use the best technology. We've got the best subscriptions for your CRM and everything. But going forward, look, I think with technology, we've got everything we need. I know what's out there. Like every day I have another company come use that. So I can a lot of them because you just can't keep having you can't keep spending every month. There'll be no money left. But we use Agent Box as a CRM. That's probably one of the top two or three. So we're covered in that area. Property management, we have everything possible. Um, Realestatecup.com is fantastic and everything they offer. Um, so with technology, you've got to embrace it. A lot of owners will fight it, but I think you've got to embrace it going forward, especially when you hire young people when they come in. They don't want pen and paper. They want everything on tablets or laptops and things that are quick and easy. I still see today, you go to other agents' opens, they've got a notepad and pen and they're taking people's names and numbers. It's like, come on. 
you know, in 2024 now, you've got to have everything up to date and everyone's got to be marketing to everyone. So when it comes to technology, I tell everyone you've got to embrace it and you've got to go as hard as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I think, you know, my daughter's 22 now and, I, you know, I guess that's the thing. Like if you're looking to grow your team, obviously you're looking to take young people and train them up and you've got to think about what they want rather than what you want to give them. Definitely. That's definitely correct, yeah. Because if, look, I'm nearly 50, if I didn't use it, if I wasn't to use it, why would everyone else? So I have to embrace it or I have to learn it. And it's hard for me. Like even social media, I have someone do it, does it for me. Because sometimes you don't understand it. So you've just got to get people to do it for you. Yeah. Well, you're already young. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Young. So one final question. I mean, what advice would you give to other real estate principals who might be listening to this? Like what's one piece of advice that you might give if they're looking to grow their office or their team, what's one thing you think they should do? In growing the office, I always say hire the right people. Don't just hire anyone to put bums on seats. You find a lot that people have big offices. They just want to get people in there and then the wrong people. So it's always hiring the right person. You don't know if they're the right person or not, but you've got to do everything capable to get the right person. And then it's training, it's providing the right training to get them from one to 10 and making sure that they're doing the right things. And training them in legislation. You know, you see a lot of agents out there that don't understand the legislation, they don't know it. So we always try and make sure we're one step ahead of that. I should have consumer affairs in the office doing training for the whole team because we want to make sure we're doing everything right. And offices don't do that. Yeah, actually, well, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's kind of probably counterintuitive, like inviting consumer affairs in. Yeah, that's. that's I could go on the internet and have a look at 10 statement of information and I could pick 10 that are wrong. Yeah. Just the agents don't get training. Like we all think we know everything. Things get changed, but people don't train us. So we're on the front foot. I always believe training is the most important. I actually get our own trainers to come in. We're in a group, we're a franchise. We have our own trainers. They do stuff, but I do over and above. Would you prefer to take someone untrained and train them or someone with experience and train them? I'll take both. Look, if you've got someone who's experienced and they're writing good numbers, I can still retrain them. Depends on the age as well. You know, some people that are semi-retirement don't want to change. They want to do what they want to do. Young guys are good. You can train them up. They're eager. They're hungry. They'll work harder. But it's 50-50. Depends on the person. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit of an interesting question I often ask people because there's so many different viewpoints on it across the whole industry. But that's what we love about this industry is that it takes all different types. Yeah. And that is true. There's people at 18 and there's people at 70 that are in real estate. I've seen them yeah. in the area. Yeah, we've interviewed a few of them. <laughs> I get both at both ends of the scale. So, yeah. And you don't have to be skilled. You don't have to have a university degree. Anyone can be a real estate agent. It's good and bad, but at least people can give it a shot and try and earn some money. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those careers where you can be on the edge of everything that's new in the world, but also be able to make your own fortune. That's, I guess, one of the things that I love about this industry is that you get to meet all the characters. Yeah, a few of those out there. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. Anyway, well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and getting to know you, John, and congratulations again on your award. Like I think to win an award like the Sir Leslie Hooker Award is just a fantastic achievement and well done on that. Thank you for sharing some of your knowledge with you and some of your little tips for success there because I feel like you gave away a couple of trade secrets earlier. So Uh, I hope everyone was writing those down. More than happy to help anyone ever wants to call me for a chat, more than happy to. I just want to say a big thanks to my team. And without my team, I wouldn't have got that award. Yeah, it does take a village, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I've got a fantastic team. They're all great. 
but yeah, it was it was an absolute honour, and I thank Christine and Steve and Andrew Hooker for giving it to me as well. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you for coming on on the show today. If there was one thing or one final tip or piece of advice that you'd like to leave everyone with, what would it be? I spend more time with your families because we spend too much time at work. Yeah, great tip. John Dio, thank you so much. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to Connect Now. To stay in touch with all things Elite Agent, sign up for our daily newsletter, The Brief, at eliteagent.com slash subscribe.